All right, everybody, welcome back to Agents of Comic Book. I am Paul Christian. And I am Eric Jacks. That's right, and we're doing our first uh, indie comic book series this week. Um, we're going to be covering Lock and Key. Breaking the Veil. That's right, we're getting, well, we did uh, <laughs> one episode of Klaus, but that was more of a Christmas yeah, special. Yeah. That didn't really fit the format of the show. We just threw that together because we felt like it and we were breaking all the rules. Yeah, sadly, there was no adaptation yet. Not yet. But could be. There could, someone make that Klaus adaptation. I would I need it. it. <laughs> like, like we said, I think we casted uh, Nikolai Costa-Waldau as, uh, as Klaus. Oh, that's that was right. my yeah, pick, yeah. anyway. You, you picked uh, Henry Cavill because you were lazy and you were watching The Witcher. It was a closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about Lock and Key, which, uh, if you are pay- have been paying attention to our Twitter feed, we has been uh, something where we've been paying a lot of attention to the past couple weeks, just oh, because yeah. it came out on Netflix. Yep. Uh, so we, me and you are... I'm, I haven't watched the finale yet, but I know you watched all of it already. Mm-hmm. Um, so you... We're not going to be covering all of it uh, this yeah, week. Yeah. We're going to be covering just Got a portion a of it. Yeah, because we want we want to give people. I mean, Netflix is a weird model as far as the format of what we doing, what yeah, we're doing, definitely. Because like when we covered Batwoman, we were able to just do like one episode at a time as it aired. Mm-hmm. Um, but this obviously Netflix's model, they binge, they show all the episodes at once. So we're exactly. just gonna have to split it up the best we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if this is your first uh, episode joining us, normally what we'll do every week is we find one trade paperback or one comic book arc of a story to review. And then usually at the end, we'll find time to f- review like an adaptation based on that same character or team, like a TV show or a movie that that character's had. So we'll find time to do that at the end. We usually spend a lot more time on the comic than the adaptation just because there's a lot there's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about comic book movies and shows, so we want to focus more on the books. Uh, so that's more of our purview. But then at the end, I, I like to get that comparison, though, to see how each one matched up. Because it's interesting, especially after just reading the books the way we do it. Like, we'll go and watch the show right after. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have that contrast. Yeah, to get two different takes on the same idea. Yeah, it's an interesting check out the differences. Not always, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've had uh, both instances. Like, we've had episodes where the show or the movie we watch is way better than the comic we read. Yeah. And we've had the opposite, too, where the comic we read was awesome and the adaptation was shit. I mean, either way, it's at least entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we've we've also reviewed a lot of shit that's so bad it's fun to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. we've, We've had that fill. As well, thanks to some fan requests as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll take them. Yeah, because we do take fan requests. If you want to leave your own request and like make us review something, we, we have a Patreon where you, if you join at just the $5 level, you can pick a whole episode that we do for that week. You can choose the book that we read and the show or adaptation that we'll watch for that week, too. They mm-hmm. should be related in some kind of way, but we're not going to hold you to it. It's, it's your pick. It can be a loose fit. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll meet you halfway there. Get those there. casual stretch fit pants. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we'll meet you there. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you le- if you join us at the $5 level, you can leave a request and we'll do that episode right away. Like, we'll we'll push that up in the schedule immediately if you join mm-hmm. up. Uh, just let us know what you want to review. And uh, we also have at the $10 level, you can pick up to, like, you can, obviously you get your pick as well of what you want to do, but you can do up to a three-part series. So if you want us to, like, dig into three volumes of a book, you can join at the $10 level and get that. It's a little bit of a value there. You're getting three episodes for... Uh, or get some more bang for your buck. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so so we have those as options if you want us to, to review the books that you're looking at, but otherwise we always tweet ahead what we're reading so that way you can follow along with us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that way you can keep up with the books we're reading because we want this to be like a book club where... You know, you can read along, or maybe if it's stuff you've already read, you can just hop on. Yeah. Uh, but we want to give you that opportunity. For what we're reading this week, Lock and Key, that can be found pretty easily on Comixology Unlimited, I've noticed. They have all the first five volumes all on there. <laughs> they have all but the last? Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's a dick move. You, you got to give them some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to hook them in somehow. Listen, I mean, if you like the book, I mean, by all means, buy it physically, too. I mean, this is a oh, great, yeah, it's this is a great series to own. This is, uh, to give some background, I mean, Lock and Key is probably my favorite series 
I wouldn't say my my number one favorite of all time because I don't like ranking things, but it's definitely like in that tier yeah, of yeah. like these are the best comics I've ever read. If like there was a fire and you had to save a certain amount, right. it'd be, it'd one be of the in first. the box of the comics I saved. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I highly, highly recommend reading all of this. We're only going to review probably what the show covered because we don't want to start spoiling stuff. Mm-hmm. So don't worry too much about that if you are just watching the show and you just want to get some background on the book. Feel free to listen to this. Which We're not going to get too much into that. will probably be about through the th- at least... And up to the third volume, at least. Yeah, I, I think so. Because at, at least um, what I've... Because I've seen all 10 episodes, and I've seen... I'm up through volume three. I'm on to volume four now in the comics, and basically everything's happened, but there's some things in the show that have still happened that I haven't seen. During everything, I didn't pay attention to a single thing you said because our cat is, like, seriously considering jumping into the trash can right next to us. <laughs> he was thinking... He was staring into the trash can, wondering if he should jump He's in. He's a determined kitty. And I was like, please don't jump into the garbage. Please, kitty. <laughs> Would it be very loud? Hey, come back here. I didn't raise a garbage cat. <laughs> Get out of here. I didn't raise a garbage kitty. <laughs> Anyway, he has to go live with his people. We keep things professional here. Professional yeah. studios always have cats. Oh, it, Listen, always. If you don't know anything about podcasting, just know that any podcast studio you walk into, there's going to be at least six or seven cats there. And if they don't, you can't trust them. Oh no, that that's a that's a shitty red flag. Yeah, don't go there. <laughs> don't get don't support them with Stay your money. Stay far away. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're going to be talking about lock and key again. So I mentioned if you want to um like if you want to follow us on Twitter, I want to call that out. You can follow us at Agents of Podcast. That's where you'll see ahead of time what we're tweeting or. What we're tweeting. What, what yeah. we're reading. Tweeting, reading. What, we're tweeting and enough. reading. Listen, we're tweeting and reading. You can't stop <laughs> us. Tweeting and reading. So if you want to see, uh, see ahead of time what we're going to be doing, obviously you can see it there. We usually call it out on the podcast too, but you can also interact with us, tell, you know, share what you thought about the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always live tweeting just random shit that I read. Uh, you know, I have a pull list of my own that I read every week on Marvel Unlimited, and then I always am catching up on old books, so I'm tweeting out random shit all the time. Uh, so you can follow us there to hear our thoughts on that. But what I uh, I think one reason I like this book so much, uh, going back to Lock and Key, is because I think because me and you are both like huge horror fans, like oh, of yeah. the horror genre. So I think this is like right up, no doubt. Because this is actually one of the I would say probably one of the first indie books that I read in general. Um, you know, other than maybe unless you count like Watchmen, even though that's technically DC. Did you read this before Southern Bastards? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I read this a, lo- a while back, but I started reading comics. I would say maybe in 2015. And did did you start it because you knew Joe Hill was like Stephen King's son? No, I didn't did know you... that until much later. Gotcha. Um, I just read it because I was looking for horror comics. I was like, well, this is like one genre I haven't really seen tackled yet. Yeah, it's mostly so, superhero. I'm stuff. sure that came up on like a list of good horror comics. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the most recommended one so i okay. just checked it out on a whim and it was amazing yeah, so yeah that's that's where my background is coming in on that gotcha because i mean me and you have watched like a shit ton of horror movies i know that um, oh yeah if you ever want our racks definitely hit me up oh uh, yeah i got a bunch oh i just want to think of a couple off the top of my head well i was actually i was just playing rainbow with josh and i was just raving about uh the house of jack built I don't know if you've seen that Oh, I yet. actually haven't seen that one. Okay. Yeah, I should get you and Josh to watch that one night because it's on Showtime and I have that for my cousin. It's it's like, it's a Lars von Trier movie. Not a lot of people like Lars von Trier. Nobody, I'm like, sure he can do horror. Yeah. I went into it like I, I saw Antichrist, which mm-hmm. I that's one movie I won't recommend to anyone <laughs> because I don't even want to talk about the details. There's, but there, it's, it's just a, it's a weird movie. It passes my line and I just <laughs> like it's really well shot and it's a really well crafted movie, but it's just two there's scenes some, in it. There's that, some viscerally disturbing things in that movie. Oh, yeah. But no, but and I went into House of Jack built knowing that like people were like, yeah, it's super fucked up. It's like the POV experience of like a serial killer, like right. you're in his head. But like, I mean, it's definitely it'll be way too past the bar for most people. But for me, it didn't pass. It, like, it wasn't to the point where it was like distracting. It's you. not extreme. Yeah. yeah right. Like, and it's actually really comedic, which is like 
hard to explain without ruining it but it's actually like no i think a lot of horror walks that line yeah and it's just a cool concept because like one of the main hooks is that he's like a serial killer who has ocd so like he's just constantly worrying about whenever he leaves a crime scene if he left something behind so it's like a really cool scene where he's like getting ready to leave and then he has a flash of like him or a cop moving up a carpet and there's like a little blood splatter so he has to go back in and clean the whole house oh damn yeah i definitely want to check that out but yeah definitely check it out um so yeah hit us up on twitter let us know what some of your favorite horror movies are because there's probably some we haven't seen and we would watch that probably like right away oh yeah super into that shit oh yeah i'll take horror rex anytime uh but yeah so we're gonna be talking about lock and key uh coming up next here one thing I want to call out with Lock and Key, is, uh, if you're reading this digitally, you'll see this right away. And I'm, I haven't checked the trade, but I'm pretty sure it's in there, too. The map. Uh, the map, yeah. yeah I, it is. I, oh, my God, I love this so much. Right. Like, not enough comics do this. Like, a fan, I've noticed fantasy novels, it's like a requirement. For some reason, that's always, like, a, there's always a map. Oh, in books, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah like, Lord in, of like, the Rings, novel. Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, in comics, I don't see it a lot. Um, yeah. But this opens up with, it's not a map a- exactly, but it's close enough where it's like scratching that itch for me. Yeah, exactly. Where it open, it like it's, it's opening up, it's like the, the credits page essentially, where it's got like the thanks by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Mm. Um, we'll call it the creative team in a minute here. Yeah. Um, but it shows like all of the peninsula where Lock and Key takes place. And like, especially coming back and reading this again, I'm rereading this whole series uh, as we reviewed mm. on the podcast. It's really cool just being able to place where Key House is on the map. Yeah, yeah. And, like where the school is, where the whole town is yep you know this is very like uh i i i hate to uh draw a comparison back to his very famous father but this is a very stephen king kind of like it's oh, yeah. new england in midsummer and a bunch of kids yeah, yeah is it um, is cape cod right yeah it's, yeah but again I, it's not necessarily a stephen king thing it's probably no, just no. more like they both w- were lived in the same area you're writing from your own experience yeah they grew up there so. yeah exactly so that's kind of where the the heart of those stories are going to take place i imagine yeah exactly but it, it's cool i love when they open up with maps like this so you can kind of visualize the rest of the series with that context yeah it's good for immersion yep i was reading uh, uh the most recent black panther run and they uh, they have a, a map of wakanda at the oh, end really? of every issue and i love it so oh, that's much awesome like it's the first time i've seen anything like that and i'm like oh okay so this is this town he's going over here he's doing this so like, yeah it's I, cool I to love see, having that it's cool to see things like laid out so you can get a better picture of them right especially for a book like black panther where it's yeah, like yeah. all political and whatnot and you know there's like different cities with different thoughts on things yep it helps visualize it yeah definitely uh but yeah so being able to see the peninsula where all of this is going to take place uh helps a lot like like we mentioned it's got that kind of setup of a classic haunted house story hmm. where it's a new family moving into a house that they start to find these magical yeah. keys very hill house esque right Kinda, it's like that trope. well it is well uh he'll ha- oh you mean like the show the netflix show yeah like well there's like house on the haunted hill and oh then like, right and like waves i like suppose the, that is kind of, of a naming trope, horror yeah. movies it's like so it kind of just created that like kind of niche right new family moving in lots of kids the kids are always the first one to discover something weird is yeah, happening scary victorian mansion right adults yeah. can't tell what's going on yeah. that kind of thing yeah that kind of it factor like, yeah i call it an it factor but i mean it's the creature yeah, factor yeah, exactly <laughs> not the it factor you may know of <laughs> it's this a great is, tv this show. is the pennywise one. Oh yeah um but yeah so it opens up with them moving into a house and it's kind of like cut in between them moving to the house and the reason why they had to move to the mm-hmm. house because it also opens up with the grisly murder of Rendell Locke, the their fa- their father in the family yep um and we cut between them moving and that actually happening because they're getting like i imagine like flashbacks of it in their head constantly and replaying it yeah because it's pretty recent afterward yeah they're just like a couple months yeah exactly they're moving like right after the funeral they are they up and left for key house yeah so we see like our main characters we have uh nina Locke, who was rendell's wife and the mother of the the three kids here Mm. uh and then we have tyler Locke, the oldest uh boy 
Uh, we have Kinsey Locke, who is um, his, young, his younger sister. Yeah, the middle child. Yeah. And then we have Bodie, the youngest, uh, who is awesome. He's like he's like really clever for his age. Bodie's, I like him. Bodie's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, Bodie's clutch as He's hell. got just an awesome personality in the comics. And yeah. they, they, it comes out in the show, too. But his like inner dialogue in the comics is just so like, yeah, and awesome. He's, he's like a young Sherlock. He's like a sleuth. I love right. It. Yeah. It's like a savant. It's weird. Yeah. And like even when he's like being fooled at parts where you're like, you know, classic like little kid being let yeah. down like to danger. Like even in those parts, like he eventually like kind of gets smart to it. Oh, yeah. And, he's and it's very really smart. satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we open up with seeing the the murder of Rendell Locke, uh, and just to kind of complete the different parts of this flashback here, essentially Rendell Locke, you know, he's visited by Sam Lesser, who was a friend of Tyler's mm-hmm. and a person like Rendell was a guidance counselor at the at the high school. Yeah, and so this kid he knows who he's been counseling comes shows up at his house with a, fr- a friend of his, Al Grubb, and they're asking for keys. Mm-hmm. And Rendell, and we don't get a lot of the conversation. We'll get that much later in the book. Yeah, just bits um, and pieces. Yeah, but we know he's looking for keys of some kind. And I think it, it, when you're first reading this, you probably just assume like maybe the keys for like the safe or yeah, like yeah. you know the house or something. Yeah, so for it's, the money. It's kind of a normal question to ask in a breaking or something like, oh yeah you're not you're not thinking too much of it at first not that weird um but then it's kind of like the whole scene is just their struggle of trying to like deal with this situation you know it shows kinsey and bodie like on the roof of the house and kinsey like yeah. has his mouth like or has his mouth like covered with her hand and yep. later on she'll say like she was gripping him so tight she thought she was like he was gonna pop yep um it's a good move to cover the mouth right and so uh tyler ends up like trying to sneak into the house through the cellar and like kind of comes up through the bottom, but like his dad's already been shot. And so yeah. he has to kind of like move his body out of the way to try to get up. Yep. And uh, he, he fucks up the whole thing essentially, but then it gives Nina enough time to come up with the axe and kill Al Grubb. Yeah. Uh, Sam tracks Tyler into the, the cellar where, cell, uh, where, where Tyler is able to like take a brick and just bash him over the head. Yep. When we don't see exactly what happens, but we find out later he survived and he was uh, taken to prison. And yeah. he has, he has like, like from this point on, Sam Lesser will have like scars yep. across like all his head where like brain surgery was done. Yeah, because, like they probably had to like remove part of his skull. Right, exactly. So this is all intercut with them relocating to Key House, which we see is like as we saw from the map, this giant mansion at the edge of the peninsula. Yep. Like right out at like it's like beautiful looking where there's like it's like right on a cliff side over the ocean. Yeah, it'd be a dope place. Yeah, right. So like they'd probably be hype moving in there. Yep. And yeah, and it's got the sea caves and all too. Yep. And uh, Duncan's introducing him to the house. Duncan is Rendell's brother. Hmm. Um, we get a scene actually uh, back from the funeral, uh, Rendell's funeral, where and I really like this scene because it shows Tyler kind of just sitting very like in a in a spot by himself as time kind of lapses around him and like the way the art is shown like he's not moving but everything's moving around him like yeah, a time yeah. lapse yep and like you know people keep coming up to him saying things but he's not paying attention to any of it yeah because like some of them mean well some of them are just his dumb friends like saying stupid shit yep exactly um but then duncan comes by and he's the only one who, who he opens up to and duncan's like listen your dad always wanted your family to go to key house we're going to key house and tyler's yep. like good i just want to get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah i don't blame him yeah <laughs> what why, what i like about Bodhi is the second they move into this house like he sees it for what it is like holy shit this is like a mansion filled with like old school revolutionary war memorabilia and yeah like all these ancient weapons and corridors and shit to explore like this is like i'm, li- I'm living in scooby-doo yeah like this kid's haunted house like radar is going off the charts yep he, like and he's not being watched by anybody so he's no. just like like building ladders out of like objects to like get the swords off the wall and shit like mm-hmm. that and he ends up finding this key with a skull on it 
which is one of the first key that we'll find in the series. But you know, that's always a great thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, you find anything with a skull on it, you're just ecstatic. <laughs> this is only going to be good. <laughs> Nothing bad could happen. And he, what the what the key does is he puts. He's like, oh, this is interesting, and he puts it into the door next to him. Yeah, and the door leads straight outside. But when he opens it and walks through, he literally becomes a ghost. Like his ghost leaves his body, like Doctor Strange going into the astral plane. Yep. Um, and he's able to like literally like fly around and be like, woohoo! Yeah, literally out of body experience. Yeah, so he, he's become Casper the Friendly Ghost. But his body, like you see his body, like he's literally a corpse. Yeah, he looks back and sees his like basically dead corpse. Yeah, like, like oh shit. Yeah, like eyes open, like a fly is like crawling <laughs> across his face. He's like, no. Oh. Screw it, I don't care. Yeah. Like for as awesome as this door is, like for people that come across it that aren't aware of what what's happening, like it's gotta be just terrifying. Oh, that's what happens too later on when he's using it. Yeah, exactly. Kinsey walks by and like it's funny too coming from Kinsey's perspective, because it like she's like the middle child, you know, she's probably always sick of Bodhi's shit. Yeah, exactly. So she comes by and she's like she sees Bodhi like dead essentially and she like thinks he's just doing something stupid. Yeah. It's like knock it off, Bodhi. I you know, you're playing dead, like this is stupid, and she walks away. And then she like walks back, and then we get like two empty panels, which I like. And then she walks back, so you know, like like not a long time has passed. Yeah, like, Bodhi, seriously, wake up! Wait, what the hell's actually happening? Right, and so, so like, <laughs> she's starting to get suspicious, but then Bodhi returns to his body, and he's like, "Whoa, check out what I found!" Yeah, like what the hell did you just do? Like, and then Kenzie's just like, "Shut up, you little shit!" <laughs> And then, like, later on at school, he even, like, makes a drawing of it because he's, like, you know, he's trying to tell everybody about what's <laughs> yeah, th- happening. This was a great angle. I love this because it's, like, the classic, like, oh, like, we need, I need to show you what your son drew today in our class. Yeah, and like, it's, it's always, an, like, every horror movie. Yeah, it's, like, a kid stabbing, like, a bunch of people and blood everywhere, but it's, like, Bodhi just, like, flying around as a ghost. It's, like, well, ew, this might be concerning. Right. And, like, part of it's kind of sad, too, because the reason why he's excited about all this is because oh, yeah, he thinks he wants... if he becomes a ghost, he's going to be able to go see his dad. Yeah, exactly. And so you're, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's, it's really sad because <laughs> uh, like even the, the he draws like a little comic and like when he goes to school and like the comic like shows the first two panels like my my dad was real nice but then he got shot and he died yeah but but i luckily i found a ghost key so now i can go find him and then like they find this artwork and like they're just thinking like oh it's just like this traumatized kid trying to cope with it by making yeah, exactly. comics he doesn't know what he's saying right this this is uh intercut with what is like going to add the tension to this story, which is we find out that Sam Lester survived. That's where we first see him with all the scars in prison. Yep. And not only that, but he's also talking to some kind of voice in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a good sign. Yeah. So you can see like a face in the toilet and he's like leaning into it like, hello, <laughs> the lady of the toilet. And so everyone who walks by the cell I mean, is we've like, all okay. been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Hey, yeah, miss it. You're locked up. You got to make a friend. <laughs> Might as well be the toilet lady. Got to pass the time somehow. <laughs> And like this whole time, Bodhi's like flying around as a ghost, just kind of. And he, it's cool because he can kind of listen to everyone else's conversations without them seeing him, because they can't yep. see his ghost flying around. Yep. And so he sees like Nina and uh, and Duncan like on the porch, just drinking wine, and like she's telling him like, uh, "I have, I'm, I'm get, I'm gonna be prepared. Like if Sam ever comes back, like I, I bought a gun. It's gonna be in the cabinet in my room. I yep. told all the kids where to find it. Yep. So we're we're gonna be ready if he comes back, because I'm like I'm. Shit. <laughs> which is your classic Chekhov's gun right <laughs> right exactly but we'll we'll get to that it joe hill sets this up pretty well where yeah it's like it's more less of a Chekhov's gun and more of a red herring yeah exactly well speaking of joe hill i just realized i did not call out the creative team like i said i was going to so oh, right. let me go back and do that quick since we've been talking about this yeah uh the obviously we've talked about it a little bit the book is written by joe hill and art by gabriel rodriguez yep uh, we also get colors by jay photos and letters by robbie robbins so the whole creative team like this whole thing is like very very well done yeah it's great so Bodie's flying around as a ghost what he one thing he discovers he's starting to learn more about this key as he uses it is that 
whenever he's a ghost, if he thinks about something really hard, he'll find it. Like, he knows mm-hmm. where it is, and not only that, he'll be, like, teleported there instantly. Yep. Because travel doesn't really work the same way as a ghost. It's more, like, psychic, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, you just decide where you are. And obviously, the, like, the door is connected with the house, so when you're, like, in a different, like, basically higher realm of consciousness with that house, like, you have a higher knowledge of that, everything that's, that's true. in yeah, that there, house. That's true, yeah, there's something deeper going on, too, there, like, yeah. some kind of connection. Exactly. Um, but not only that, now that he has the, this one key, he's starting to wonder, like, oh, are there more keys like this that maybe yep. do other shit? Yeah. Um, so he, it's cool, he has, like, a magnetic fishing rod he uses, and he's <laughs> just, like, casting it into this little creek that they have that goes by their house, like, <laughs> trying to catch shit, and he just mostly gets beer cans yep. back from Rendell's partying days. Yeah, right. <laughs> And uh, while he's fishing, he starts to hear this voice from the well house, which is nearby. Which, um, classic, like, why would you ever go in there? But yep. <laughs> uh, It's because uh, this house, we'll find out later, was built a long, long time ago. So the architecture of it looks really cool for, like, a horror setting. Because it's all, like, Revolutionary War, kind of, like, gothic-looking shit. Yep. Um, so this well house is, like, way kind of off on the side, locked up with iron gates. Uh, but he's tiny enough, he can just kind of walk through the bars. Yep. And he starts hearing an echo in like in the well itself, and he p- pokes his little head down there, like, very smart. <laughs> this kid's brave as, brave as hell, I'll give him that. Because he, he thinks, I, I'm guessing he thinks there's maybe like an animal down there or something. Yeah. Because he hears something down there, and he's like, hello? And I just, then, I would never mess with a well. Or yeah. Voices <laughs> voice coming from a well, I am getting well, as I don't far away he, as possible. I don't think he thought, well, he kind of does, because he doesn't think it's a voice at first, he's just fucking around. Yeah, he, yeah. he goes up, he's like, are you my echo? Yeah, echo? yeah. But then a voice comes back. He's like, "Yes, I am, Bodie." Yep. And then, like, he as soon as he hears the voice, he dips. Like, he's out of there. He's yeah. like, "Oh fuck. fuck that!" And like, he tries to tell Tyler, but Tyler is like, "You're a little brat." I'm like, "I'm not believing a word you say." And if you tell mom this, she's gonna lose her shit. <laughs> <laughs> just keep your freaking mouth shut. Yeah. Like, how about we just have a normal day? <laughs> Um, but during this whole, like, after this well experience, like, he starts having nightmares, too, which is where we start to get our first, like, horror panels. Yep. Besides the murder, I guess. But yeah, this yeah. is kind of more where we get our first, like, supernatural kind of horror. Yeah, definitely. Where, like, he starts dreaming of, like, his dad, like, kind of holding his hand, telling him knock-knock jokes. But then when his dad looks down at him, he has, like, a hole in his head. Yeah, it's and so, creepy. Yeah, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Not good. Maybe a part of uh, foreshadowing is there's also a wolf kind of scratching at the floor, like, growling at them. But yep. we don't know the meaning of that, but we cut away from it as he wakes up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Bodie gets what I thought was a, pl- a pretty smart idea, at least. Yeah, this he, is great. He wants to investigate what's going down there, but obviously he can't get down there. And even if he could, it could very well be extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. So he takes the ghost key and flies through and flies into the well himself. He's like, I figure like they won't be able to see me. So far, no one's seen him as a ghost. Yeah, so hell he can yeah. just go get some recon done. Exactly. Um, but he flies down there, and there's this lady in the well like with a black dress just combing her hair. Your classic well lady. Right, exactly. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's your standard well lady. Yeah, <laughs> you got your standard. Geralt of Rivia's checking his Witcher beast. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> long black hair, long black dress. How do I take out the well lady? <laughs> Pale skin, you know. <laughs> uh, but she's actually able to see Bodie immediately. She's like, "Oh, hi, Bodie! Like yeah, you like, came to up? see me. I see, up, I see you found the ghost key." <laughs> and at this point, I think Bodie is mainly interested because it seems like uh, the ghost kind of drops hints that maybe she knew his dad. Yep. Because uh, she's like, "Oh, you like the keys? Like your dad liked the keys? Like mm-hmm. you got? You're just like your dad." And he's like, "You knew my dad." So even though Bodie is like kind of scared by what's going on, like there's enough here where he's like. I have something to gain from this. Like she has something I want. You know, like, this is where I can get stories about my dad or find out what happened to him or maybe if there is a way to see him again. Yeah, worth investigating. Right. No one else believes him about the keys or the ghost shit or anything, so might as well get talk to someone about it. Exactly. Yeah. If Tyler's not gonna, or you know, or Kinsey or your mom aren't gonna believe you, you yeah, know, you got to do something. Exactly. Um, but Bodie actually does do one favor for her, just to, I guess as a way to just keep her talking, because uh, she asked him to go get him like a scissors and. 
a mirror and a mirror yeah and i think bodie's probably just assuming like it's for like just you know like doing like you know so cutting your cut hair. hair right yeah. exactly <laughs> and uh, we get another one of our these great because i mean it's, especially in this first volume the shots that are like explicitly creepy or very horror centered are, mm. are kind of far between but they're very deliberately placed yeah so like these creepy panels we get another one here where we see uh the well lady down with the mirror and we see in the reflection of a mirror like her like grizzled like corpse of a face yeah it's just like a no no she's like oh these, these scissors will do perfect <laughs> and so we, we kind of get our first hint of like oh that's some kind of spooky demon or some shit yep uh and then the cool part too is like with the scissors we see immediately what she does with it because we go back to sam lesser the person who murdered his dad uh back in prison talking to the toilet again <laughs> and uh this time the toilet has gifts for him yeah it's not getting better no uh the, the toilet uh is able to like uh the well lady's able to put the scissors and the mirror like and transport it through the toilet somehow mm-hmm. we don't exactly know how yet yeah um and then she's like all right you can use these like i told you i'm not gonna leave you behind like these are yours sam like use them as you see fit yeah scissors and a glass mirror in prison is a decent weapon yeah so he uses it to take out the guard as he walks by and, and we don't kind of see him escape but he he's, he's able to get out and i'm willing to to meet that for like as, as far as like a horror movie goes that that's kind of like a, a trope i expect where it's like you know you, you can stab your way out of prison I'll, I'll run with it oh yeah i mean if a ghost lady can get you a scissors and a mirror through a toilet you can get out of prison right i will say that the way he gets out of prison in the show is a little more extreme oh yeah it, definitely <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, at school, Kinsey and Tyler are kind of just starting to make friends. They're both very hesitant about it. Like, you know, Kinsey it runs for, like, the track team, so she's kind of meeting people there. Yeah, it's tough to get a new start when, like, you're the family that moved back to town after their dad got married. Right, when, you're, <laughs> when like, everything that happened to you is, like, national news. Exactly. Yeah, this isn't back in the day, like... When there was no internet and people couldn't look you up on Google and see, like, if you had any weird stuff about you. Right. Plus, yeah, when you live in, like, that community, like, whoever lives in that creepy uh, Victorian mansion right on the ocean side, like, you know those people. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting point because that house was probably abandoned for, like... Uh, since because Rendell never lived there, so it must have been abandoned for at least like ten Tyler's years. Tyler's age, yeah, yeah. So there must have been like probably good, like sixteen years. Yeah, so there must have been a good period of time where it was just like an abandoned, spooky, haunted house that kids like snuck into. Um, but one thing I do like, uh, at least as far as like kind of like a realistic response to what's happening, is as soon as Sam Lester escapes from jail, like Nina is the first one to hear about it. The cop drives out to her, uh, her mansion, like her to Key House, yeah, and is tells her like, listen, that you're. You're not going to like this, but Sam Lesser has escaped from prison. So, um, like, obviously, like, you're, like, the priority number one, like, to protect. So we're going to – yeah. we're warning you about it right now, and we're even going to have a cop, like, posted at your house. Yep. Like, until further notice. I mean, they got the heads up at least. Right. And uh, Kinsey actually is upstairs and hears this, like, through the vent, everything that's going on. So yeah. she knows that Sam Lesser is free, too. I mean, I'm guessing she would have found out either way. Yeah, I mean, I would have hoped Nita would probably tell him, like, we need to hide. Right, but it's probably extra scary to, like, hear your mom, like, downstairs free freaking out about it herself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then we also get, while this is going on, we see where Sam is. He's kind of cross-countrying his way across because he has to go all the way from Seattle to New England. Yeah. Uh, because Seattle was Pretty where they- Pretty big li- uh, road trip. Right, because Seattle was where they were living when Rendell got killed. Yeah. Uh, Sam had gone all the way out there just to find Rendell. Yep. 
So we, he's kind of cross countrying his way across uh, the country, and like he has to like kill several people on the way to get there. Yeah. Like there's one point where like he almost gets recognized on the bus, and so he literally kills everyone on the bus. Yeah. And which then is brutal. dresses up like the bus driver and starts driving. <laughs> driving a bus full of corpses. Yeah, I don't think you need to dress up like the bus driver if you're driving a bus full of corpses. Exactly. That's not going to buy you any time. Because <laughs> as soon as they open the bus, they're going to be like, hey, what are all these dead people doing? Yeah, they're not going to think, oh, it's the bus driver. They're going to think, <laughs> oh, it's the bus driver who killed all these people. <laughs> right. It's the one guy still alive. Yeah, that doesn't help you. <laughs> but during this whole uh, his trip across the cross uh, across the country, we actually get more background uh, on his where he came from as well. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, he was a classmate of Tyler's. Like he, his guidance counselor was Rendell Locke. Yep. before he murdered him. Uh, and so we get flashbacks to all that. You know, Sam Lester comes from like an abusive home, both his mom and his dad. Yep. Um, just treated them like shit and like nothing. And then like even at school, he has no friends. And like the one friend he does find is like the biggest piece of shit he could find, which yeah. is Al Grubb. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Al Grubb is not a, ma- a big character in this, but he like makes his mark as like a disgusting like piece of shit human like immediately exactly yeah they do a good job of just laying that out there right and so like and he's already dead at the point where we're reading yeah like, yeah he got no one's to gonna fi- miss him yeah no, <laughs> he got axed to the back of the head by nina yeah uh, but we see like he's probably a negative influence on sam lesser too yeah. like sam lesser has problems for sure yeah. but this definitely seems like a, a path that just like fanned the flames of what was going on in his head yeah exactly and of course you know people come from abusive homes or really like the type of personality that are eager to please and dodge obviously right and they don't don't have a lot of positive influences or role models right oh yeah very impressionable so that's why i think uh rendell lock and his relationship was something because uh sam lesser like you know we even get a scene of like sam lesser waiting to go see rendell lock like in the guidance counselor office and he actually is sitting next to tyler because tyler has to go see the guidance counselor too yep which is i haven't this is probably something that comes up in real life but if your dad was the guidance counselor would they send you to see him as your guidance counselor I mean, that, that seems like not as productive. If it was the only one, but I if guess. there were other ones, I feel like they. I feel like I wouldn't take. That. They would have a different one, right? Yeah. It'd be like this is like this is dumb. Yeah, that <laughs> I would, do this that, every day. That, yeah, that would not work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's sitting there waiting to speak to Rendell, and then while they're there, Tyler is just like you know typical like high school kid pissed off at his dad. Yeah, and he's like, I hate my dad. He's such a, he's such a jerk. Like you know what? If you're gonna uh, kill your dad, your your piece of shit dad, kill mine too. Yeah, while you're at it. Yeah, like just talking shit essentially. Like exactly. He doesn't mean it, but he's just pissed off off and saying anything yeah I mean, a, a lot of kids say that stuff when they're growing up right it's and, like man i wish my parents were gone then i'd be free but then it's looking back on it it's like the only thing tyler thinks about exactly like he, when you say something like that and then two one of your per- parents actually who, dies well not only that but killed by the person you said it to yeah like they literally took it literally that's that's fucking rough. yeah because then you're like <laughs> did, did he kill rendell because i told him to because yep. he doesn't know about the keys exactly so yeah that, that's what he's thinking the reason is so yeah fucks with them big oh time. yeah that would fuck with anyone um but then then Sam goes in to see uh, Rendell, like uh, to see the, his guidance counselor, and this is where we get a little bit of background as to who he's talking to in the toilet. Obviously, it's the well lady. Yep. But this is where we get the background of how he met the well lady. Because, yeah, it's a really cool scene. Oh, I love this scene so much. He's sitting there talking to Rendell, but while he's talking to Rendell, he kind of like just starts blocking out what he's saying because he starts. Oh, my cat just jumped on the table again. Kitty. <laughs> you are bad. While Rendell's talking, he starts to like drown out what he's saying, and like he's not really hearing the words anymore. He starts yeah. to hear this voice yep. to, to to his side of him, and he looks to hear where this voice is coming from. Obviously, Rendell can't hear it. Yeah, uh, and he looks at a painting. Uh, it's like a like a sketch almost of Key House. It's like I don't know if it's a painting. I think it might be an old timey like black and white like early cameras oh picture. you're right it might be like a really old photo because you know like those old self portraits of like 
in of like old timey people where it's like in black and white. It looks like it'd be where like they a had charcoal to stand painting. for like ten minutes for the photo. Yeah. yeah, it's like something that people can draw better than now these days. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like, that, yeah. I think that might be what it is. Yeah. Because uh, he stands up while Rendell's talking and goes to look at the photo, and Rendell like uh, kind of sees him doing it and just like, oh, yeah, that's my family house. Like, yeah. we, you know, that's back. That's over in New England. Yep. And uh, while he while Sam is staring at the painting, he like the well house is in the painting too, like right, right mm-hmm. in the foreground. And he zooms in on the well house, and oh my god, this is so good. And like we even have this as our banner on Twitter. Like uh, it shows like the well house, and it shows the well lady walk to the front, like forefront of the frame. Yep. Like in the painting, like stand between the bars. Yeah, and then like start writing letters in the painting. Yep. Like hello, Sam. Like yep. you know, like yeah, it's fucking frightening. Listen to your echoes, is what yep. she says. And oh, it's like, man. oh fuck. Which is funny too, because now I think about it, that's like a scene from it too. Where, where they see something I, in I a photo. I can't remember what character, but yeah, they see like Pennywise in, a, in an old photo. And, and it, it moves? And it, it's like starts dancing and like moving in the oh, photo. Shit, yeah, and that's it like cool. starts calling out to them from the photo. I like that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I really like that scene a lot because it's like probably one of the freakiest moments in that first volume. We're like, oh, yeah. oh fuck. Yeah, I would have shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's so he's been hearing the well lady even before Rendell Locke got killed. So that's, you're. I, I think at this point we have to assume that he's killed Rendell because the well lady told him to. Exactly. And um, that then that speaks to like the well lady's powers that she can communicate with someone she's never met from thousands of miles away right. through a picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and even more scary as far as like our present circumstances, seeing this scene also lets us know that Sam Lesser knows where they live. Oh yeah, exactly. Because we, we in the flashback, Rendell's even telling him like, "Oh yeah, that's my old family place. It's over in New England. You want the address?" And we're yeah. like, "No, stop talking. Stop." <laughs> Here's a detailed description. <laughs> if you ever need to get there, make sure you turn left at the Taco Bell. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's uh, so he knows exactly where he's going. So oh, yeah. that's where we are. We're already like on the fast track to this like turning into yeah, a shit. It's the countdown. That's what makes this first volume like so gripping to read, and why oh, this yeah. is such an easy book to just plow through. Yeah, because, they're really fast reads because this. This first volume, like the pace is already like breakneck speed. Yep. Like other books, like this Sam Lesser confrontation would have happened in like volume three. And yeah, what speaks to that even more is that I can just we can kind of say right now is that in the show they don't get to this sequence of Sam getting out until like over halfway through the first season. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like the one of the final climaxes yeah. of the season. Yeah, but like not and, the final. Not one, that but. that's good or bad, but like that just speaks to how like the pacing. Yeah, yeah. the pacing of this first issue is. That's why I think volume. this book is so easy to read because one like you like can read these first six issues so quickly because oh, yeah. of what's happening, and then at that point you're on exactly. Like at that point, it's all you're off to the races to read this whole fucking thing. Yep. Um, because like you're like whoa that first volume like. They already did all this. What else could there be? Yeah, you cruise. Like I thought this was going to be the story, but it's already done. Like what else is there? Yeah, exactly. So that that's a really really good pace. Bodie makes one last trip out to the well house, and this is what we were talking about earlier. Why I like Bodie because he is kind of figured out that the well lady probably isn't someone I should trust. Because yeah, he's the well lady's making him do things he doesn't understand, and there's a lot of unanswered questions she won't really answer. Yep. And he even says like, you know, you said you knew my dad, and like you you would be willing to help me, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, I think it's just a rule of thumb that you should never trust anyone that lives in a well. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> not 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 any. I, maybe just don't trust any spooky disembodied voices. Yeah. No weird women with long scraggly black hair living in wells with zombie faces yeah just don't do it who talk to people in toilets <laughs> just pass it on uh but so this is this is like the day of sam lesser yep. getting to lot to lot to key house yeah so just to set this up just to build the suspense like we see him like at the front gate like he's coming in yep even though Sam's on his way, they do still have that cop posted at the front gate. But unfortunately, that's the problem with that's a property a, this big. Yeah, that, I and mean, that's the thing. Like with most police stakeouts like this, it happens all the time in movies too. The cops are like sitting out, like 
in front of the on the other side of the street Bored by out the of their driveway. Minds. Yeah, they're just chilling there, like half half awake, like playing Breath coffee. of the Wild on their Switch. Yeah. yeah, so like they're not paying attention. So Sam Lesser just like hops like a bush and like he's there. Well, not to mention this place is like huge. Yeah, it's and massive. he's he's watching the front gate. Yeah, so it reminds me of that like scene in uh, Blazing Saddles with the toll booth in the middle of the desert, <laughs> where all the cowboys are going through the toll booth, even though it's miles of desert. Yeah, you could just go around. <laughs> oh God. So, so yeah, Sam is able to easily sneak past this cop. Yep. And so, I mean, I guess credit on them for trying to, to post a guard. But they gave an effort. What are you going to do? You can't post a guard all, around a property that yeah, big. Yeah, we could say it's more than they did in the show. Maybe have him at the front door of the house. Not, yeah. Not the gate. Exactly. Or have someone better. in the house. Yeah. Like, it, it's a massive house. I don't, I don't house. think Nina would mind. Like, how many yeah. hiding spaces are there in that house? Um, but so, while this is while we're building up this moment here, Bodie's still at the well house talking to the well lady. And he's like, all right, this, I didn't even, I wasn't even going to come out here this time, but I, I just want to tell you all this and like I, I just had to know what you knew yeah and since you're not going to help me i'm leaving forever yeah and so he turns around and, and this is another gr- oh this may be my favorite shot oh of yeah the volume because he turns around and the well lady for the first time climbs out of the well yeah she's standing right behind him and, and the way it's lit is really good too because the whole time bodie's talking he's just fucking around with this flashlight turning it on and off constantly yep. so the lighting of the panel keeps turning on and off and you keep seeing the well yeah it's and like the, your classic like uh like blinking and then it's like closer things and get closer, closer yep. yep and then in the final one where you see the well lady she's climbing out of the well with him like him looking the other way like calling for his mom and yep. she's coming up at him oh god and so now, now now the well lady's loose and sam's creeping up yep because sam makes his way into the house kinsey's come out to get bodie but she gets knocked in the head by sam yep and then she sees him and then oh like the shit has started yeah that brings on yeah that brings us into the final volume or the final issue of this volume yep uh nina and duncan duncan is over i mean duncan has kind of been here the whole time because he's like nina needs it he's like, just for waiting sure. for him to get settled in right yeah like they, they need like some kind of like you know local person to just be like everything's normal again like let's just hang out like, exactly things are fine yeah he's being a good dude right <laughs> and so they're in the wine cellar and this is going to be kind of a running thing like nina's already run out of wine yeah so uh that's kind of our first hint and like yeah. we, even during this volume we've seen her like drinking during the day constantly mm-hmm. which i think at this point we're just kind of assuming like she's just like settling like this is just like you know fuck it i've been through a lot and because even duncan's I mean, like drinking I, with her i wasn't gonna blame her oh no <laughs> like at this point i'm not blaming her that's why duncan i think is drinking with her exactly like, you, like, you need like this is fine like, yeah yeah and if anyone can cut back it, it should be you right yeah now. this is the course of action for right, right now so they're they're in the wine cellar restocking uh but that's when shit hits the fan uh, the well lady has grabbed Bodie and is basically at this point, she's going to make him do what he wants or yeah. what she wants because she tells him like, listen, there's another key that I need. It's called the anywhere key. And she describes what it looks like. And she's like, well, you're going to go find this. Sam Lesser's here yep. and she, and he's going to kill your whole family unless you give me what I want. So go out there and find the anywhere key right now or it's or your whole family's going to die and it's your fault. Yep. And so Bodie's like, oh, fuck. And he runs off. And so Bodie's plan, he immediately knows what he's going to do, which is, is, is another reason why I like it. He's smart. He's like, well, if I, I don't know where the fuck this anywhere key is, obviously, but what I could do is I could turn into a ghost, think, think about, about the anywhere key, yep. and it'll take me there. Yeah, exactly. Genius. Yeah. Yep. So Sam has knocked out Kinsey, and he's uh, dragged her to the house. Uh, he catches Tyler while he's just like watching TV. Yep. And uh, knocks him out with a, with the butt of his gun, and kind of drags him downstairs as well. Uh, so he has Tyler and Kinsey at gunpoint in the cellar, and he and Nina like he's locked Nina in the wine cellar itself. He closed the door behind them. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and Sam is yelling out to her like, "I have your kids here." Like, I'm looking for the Omega key. Tell me where it is right now or I'm going to blow them away. Mm-hmm. And Nina's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was going to say, like, I feel like, well, lady should have, like, let him know that. I guess I we don't really know at this point that, like, adults can't. They don't know about the keys. Well, we, they, have, we they definitely haven't been told that yet. Okay. You know? Gotcha. So as far as, like, the context of the reader goes. Okay. Um, so I was going to say, like, it's pretty useless for Sam to even ask her anything. 
But I mean, at the same, I mean, you can still find a key though that has an Omega yeah, symbol on it. Oh, true. Yeah. You might not know why he wants it or what it does. That's but true. Yeah. You might have seen it around. Yeah, exactly. But they have they have no idea where the Omega key is. Yeah. Um. Like. Yeah. No one. No one does at this point. Right. Um. But Bodhi, like we said, he his plan was to turn into a ghost, think about the anywhere key, and find it. And the minute he does, he gets teleported to Kinsey. Yeah. And he notices like this. Uh, Kinsey has this gold like bracelet that she has that her dad gave her. Yeah. That she kind of wears as like a sentimental thing. Like you know, this is the last thing my dad. gave gave me yeah like they show a flashback like rendell made like a point to express to her that is very important so like she knew right. it is like something that meant something and like uh when Bodie looks at it he he sees in the design like oh shit like there's, there's a key, key. Yep. yep locked in this bracelet and he's able to like take it out like it's like a mechanism he's got to like break it open basically right. yeah uh nina's plan here and this is what i kind of meant where i said earlier the gun might be a red herring because yeah, yeah. Nina's plan, like uh, they're looking for the Omega key. Nina doesn't know what the fuck that is. None, none of them do. Mm-hmm. But she says immediately, like, "Oh, the uh, yeah, we found that when we moved in. I put it in the nightstand up by my, in my room. If you want, oh, Tyler yeah, yeah. can show you where it is. Yeah, and like we know from what she said earlier, uh, the nightstand is where she keeps that gun she bought. Yeah, and she told all the kids where it was. Yeah, so immediately uh, she's talking to Tyler. Like, Tyler, remember that key? Like it's right in the nightstand. Yeah, Show him I where it is. I told you exactly where it is. So Tyler's like, "All right, well, this is on me. Like I got to go up there, grab the gun, yep. and shoot him before he notices." So he leads Sam upstairs, which does buy everyone else some time. Yeah, because Bodie's actually able to sneak into the cellar where Kinsey was, which he wouldn't have been able to do before, and grab the the anywhere key. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it doesn't help him out a ton. He ends up taking the anywhere key back to the well lady. Yeah, he's like, I, I brought you the anywhere key. Like, like, now let my family go free. But I mean, this was that was never going to happen. The classic fuck off. Yeah, he, <laughs> she grabs the key and she's like, "Well, I mean, I have what I want." Later, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, she uses the anywhere key and fucks off. Yep. And so Bodie's like, "Well, fuck, that didn't help." <laughs> yeah, that's a bad bad look. And speaking of bad luck, Tyler leads Sam upstairs to get the gun and fucks it up. I mean, this yep. was. I, this is another misdirection that I liked because they set up the gun subtly enough to the point where you do actually think like this might be the way the plot goes. Exactly. Because yeah. it was laid like uh, they laid the tracks for it in the way that an actual plot point would lay the tracks and like like pull up a twist. Yep. But it's just there enough to be a red herring where Tyler fucks it up and they're like, oh, you thought you were going to grab a gun. You thought you were clever. Yeah, so exactly. So now you're thinking like, oh, I thought that's how they were going to get out of this. Now what the fuck are they going to do? Exactly, yeah. So that's a, re- that's a really good, good writing. Misdirection. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Because that adds just more and more tension because you're like, I thought I knew where this story was going. What's happening now? <laughs> Seemed too good to be true. Right. And so Sam's pissed off about this. He's like, all right, Tyler, you realize I have to do this now. Yeah. And strangles him. But Luckily for Tyler, he gets strangled right next to where the ghost door was already opened, where Bodhi flew through it earlier. Yep. So the door's already open. So when uh, Sam like is strangling him right on the edge of the door, uh, Tyler's head just happens to peek through the door, and he yep. becomes a ghost. He essentially yep. has just gone through the ghost door, and because his his spirit left his body, Sam like stops choking him. He's like, I got him. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. And so he drags his body back to the cellar. Where Tyler is, this is the f- his first time experiencing magic in general. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like freaking oh. out. Yeah, he's like, shit, dude, I'm dead. Like, yeah. I'm literally a ghost right oh, now. And he has no reason not to think he just died. Oh, straight yeah. Up he's because... literally looking down on his dead body. Yeah, and he just got strangled, so he has reason to think he could be dead. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not like Bodhi where he just flew out of his body and he's like, oh, it's magic. Yep. So he's flying around and he's like, well, what do I do now? I'm a fucking ghost. <laughs> but what he's able to do is, beca- and this is kind of a, a logistical fuck up by Sam because if he hadn't dragged Tyler's body back to the wine cellar, Yep. To taunt Nina, none of this would have been able to happen because, yeah, exactly. because he drags Tyler's body back to the cellar, Tyler's able to jump back into his body without Sam realizing that's even possible, yep. and then sneaks up on Sam and grabs him, and then while Sam's trying to run away, Kinsey actually grabs the gun and starts shooting at him, and, yeah. and, and 
so now now Sam's bleeding out, running through the house, um, and they're able to get Nina and Duncan out of there. So th- this was very fortunate. I mean, it was kind of uh, I, I like Boat the way that Bodie planned this. Unfortunately, he got double crossed, but yeah, luckily exactly. Tyler was able to come in the clutch there. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, if Bodie wouldn't have left the ghost door open, they would have all been screwed. Well, that's true. Yeah, if the ghost door hadn't been open, Tyler would have just been strangled. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then we see, you know, Sam's running through the house, bleeding out, and then he he's caught up with by the well lady. Except the well lady has used uh, a key that we see. Um, it's got like two, gen- like a male and a female gender symbol on it. Yep. And he uses it to turn himself from a woman into a man. Yep. And then like you know he grabs like a sweatshirt and clothes from uh, Tyler's closet and kind of walks out. Yeah. And on on his way uh, out the door, he sees Sam like bleeding out. And uh, Sam's like, help, like, you know, you're the one, like, this is our plan, like, help me, like, we'll get out of here. You said you'd help me. Yeah, and then uh, the the well lady, like, grabs him by the head and is like, oh, Sam, like, I didn't give a shit about you. (laughs) No one does, yeah. And tosses him out the ghost door. Yeah, it cracks his neck. Yep, and so he, like, yeah, legitimately kills him. Yep. Uh, So he gets tossed out the ghost door, and because he's been shot and bleeding out, when the police arrive, they're just like, oh, it's a dead body, wheel it out. Yep. But, you know, as readers, we, we see Sam just, like, floating around the house. Like, we know he's a part of the ghost door now. Like, he's just gonna be here now. Yeah, exactly. So we haven't seen the last of Sam Lester, even though he's dead. Uh, and then uh, one of the also uh, another final twist we get is we're introduced to Ellie, yep. uh, who is uh, she wakes up. She we uh, see a little uh, picture of Rufus on on her bedstand, who will be introduced to next volume. Yep, uh, but he's awesome. Yeah, Rufus is the, is great. Rufus is the man. <laughs> uh, but then the doorbell rings like in the middle of the night. And she opens it up and sh- and she goes like Luke and mm-hmm. she sees like this uh, the well lady in the sweat in Tyler's sweatshirt like standing at the door like hey I need your help yep and so that that's gonna be the the twist that we'll follow up on next week in our next volume well and not only that but we see uh, that same disguise because they never saw the well lady turn into a man and leave no yeah uh, Bodie saw the well lady as a lady and then leave yep but then um, so they don't really know what that person looks like at least as a man exactly like, they, he yeah. looks different enough where they're thrown off. Exactly. Because he uh, not only is he undercover meeting this Ellie person who we're introduced to, but we also see him at the end of the volume as a high school friend of Tyler's. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, fuck. And he's even rocking that, that like, super hip uh, soul patch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The 2008 Soul Patch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So he now, and that's the, so it's some extra dramatic irony for the next volume where you're like, oh fuck, like yep. you know, now I'm gonna have to read this whole next volume just being like, stop. Yeah. Now they stop. Get, got a mole. Yeah. Exactly. Bodie's still fishing using his magnet thing, not finding any keys. But then the last shot we get is he pulls one out of the water, and not it's not a beer can this time. He finds another key, and this one has the shape of a head on it. Yeah. And, it's like a uh, steampunk head. Yep. And that'll be uh, where we leave this volume off, uh, that, and we'll be talking about that next week, because the yep. next volume is called Head Games, and it's going to be a lot about that key. Oh, yeah. And, like, what that allows them to do. Yep. So this is, like I said, this volume was, like, a breakneck pace. Like, it's amazing. Like, the way that they set up this conflict with Sam Lesser. Like, it's the Sam Lesser parts are intercut, like, throughout every issue of this, like, as it's all going on. So, yep. like, it's all happening at once. Yep. So no matter what you're reading, like, you know Sam Lesser's on his way. Yeah, I mean, it's like, building the entire, like, book. Right. And like I was saying earlier, like, other books would have had this confrontation happen, like, way later. So, like, oh, oh yeah. I don't want to blow my load on this yet. Like, I want to I build this up. Exactly. But, like, there's so much stuff to do in this book. Like, like, that's act one. Exactly. So that, that's what's really cool about this. You're like, that's act one. I'm fucking on board. Yeah, like, in, in a lot of stories, Sam Lesser could have been, like, the antagonist to the, the whole, whole story. Yeah. yeah. But exactly. like, that's just, like, the starter. And, and what's cool, too, is even though he's been killed, that character will still be still around, around. Because yeah. he was thrown through the ghost door. And I don't know exactly where his story goes, but 
from the point I'm about a little over halfway through and I definitely getting the inclination that he becomes a big character because it's it's one of those like situations that you see in TV and comics where it's like that side character who you're like oh they haven't really touched on this in a while but yeah. that must be there for a reason yeah like and that. so it's always there in the background like when is this going to come into play again and then when it does you're like oh fuck yeah yes. those characters you can't forget about yep exactly so this is setting up for a really 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 good run so we're going to oh, be yeah. talking about the first three volumes of this probably over the next two weeks yep Um. so I'm really excited to talk about that that'll be head games and then crown of shadows yep and then we'll be talking about the whole first volume uh coming up next we're going to be talking about the first three or four episodes of the show uh so we're going to be talking about that and we're going to kind of see how this compares just so you know if you're reading this just for the book then the show covers a little bit of head games too so i mean i don't know if you're reading this while we're reading this but i was gonna say um should we just like talk about the stuff from the show that happened in this book? No, because we have to talk about it. Head Games is the second, the title of the second episode. Yeah. So like, there's there's no way because the show reorders. I suppose the yeah, orders yeah. Of the key. There's That's no way true. around yeah, that. Yeah, That's true. Uh, so we might as well get into that now. Yeah, I but, guess. Uh, the Lock and Key TV show. Uh, yeah, it reorders it, uh, most of what happened. They're very faithful to the comics. They just kind of reorder some things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, with the TV, this the show came out on Netflix on the seventh of February. Um, mm-hmm. obviously the Netflix model it all drops at once. So yep. you, you can go watch the whole season if oh, you yeah. want to. Um. This show has been just to give a little bit of background, like as as from a Lock and Key fan who's been following this for the last five years, um, the Lock and Key TV show has been through a lot of ups and downs. Like they've been trying to make this shit for a long time, really, and like the, a bunch of attempts they've tried to make it have just all like been stuck in production hell. Hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm almost grateful for the like the path that we had to take to get here because we ended up getting a good show like on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, like a show that can do like you know high budget good serialized drama yep because yep. this show at one point was going to be like a netflix or not, not a uh, not network tv show Oof. like it was going to be like on fox or something Eey. and like i shuddered i shuddered to think what this would have been like oh, on a God. television i can't even imagine yeah because it like all the kid aspects would have been bumped to a million yep and then like all the high school aspects would have been bumped to a trillion yep and like that's all it would have been it's all it and it would, there would have been all of the like super gory scary like horror elements would have been like Gone. trimmed down yeah oh yeah heavily yeah it would have been like american horror story exactly not even no, that's cable. not even exactly yeah. yeah so it would have been like less than that even yep because they probably would have tried to gear it they probably would have gone for a tv 14 rating so yeah. it would have been tamer than american horror story yeah but luckily netflix picked the show up and it was able to get it all completed i'm really happy this finally happened oh yeah the, the, like I said, they kind of reordered the way that things happen. Uh, we do see the the murder is, looks a lot different in the show. They show that. Um, yeah. The guy that cast it as Rendell Locke doesn't look anything like Rendell Locke in the comics. I was going to say, this is my my one of my biggest gripes with this. <laughs> the redhead erasure. <laughs> a, it's a, yeah, they made, I feel like, because like in the comics, uh, Rendell and Tyler, they like have that more like... It's not like the traditional like uh, bone structure where it's like the skinny like kind of like edged jaw like they're kind of yeah, they're, they're like the big head yeah they don't look like like Superman they yeah. don't look like a member of the Justice League they're yeah. they're uh, a fellow big headed brother well yeah <laughs> Rendell Lock in the comics is like this like kind of like a square faced like freckled redhead yeah yeah so in the show of course they made Tyler and Rendell just like you're like cookie cutter Hollywood. Rendell's like, like a sexy pirate. Oh yeah, it's a sexy pirate. Tyler's like your teenage like heartthrob. Like right. so, it's just yeah. it's your this typical your, Hollywood your redhead yeah. erasure. Like in, in some cases, like like in uh, like in a lot of cases, that's it's fine. But in this, they like they're replacing it with like like a sexy pirate. It's exactly. Like, they did make Nina a redhead though. Right. So, I'll so take it, that. It, it evens out. Yeah. Like they, at least in Batman, like they 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 got they Gordon might not be a redhead, but he's replaced by a person of color. So you're like that's fair. They yeah. Representation. Exactly. But don't replace him with a brunette 
white, good-looking man. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so we we get the uh, we it's. It's, in some ways, it's similar to uh, how it happened in the comics. So at least yeah, we, we haven't. Just about. We, we only see parts. There's of just it no Al Grub. Yeah, they cut Al Grub from the show entirely, which yep. is probably fine. That's fine. Yeah, he's 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 a little bit much. It was a throwaway to begin you, with, you honestly. Could, there's like I think like we talk about a lot like what we were just saying like if this was on Netflix tell or if this was on network television, it would have been stripped down. Oh yeah. But at the same time, there's probably things you can strip down, and you're not losing anything. Exactly. Like, Al Grub is probably like a. You can get away with not being that disgusting, yeah, and still make it scary. Exactly. So, like, I'm fine with Al Grubb not being in this. Yep. Uh, because it makes it more centered around the keys, which is what it should be anyway. And Sam. Yeah, and Sam. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it adds more to Sam, especially because then it's more personal for Sam. Exactly. Because of what's happening, because um, we get the similar fl- flashbacks that we saw in this volume that we just talked about, and we get almost the exact same scene of him talking to the guidance counselor and seeing the well lady in the photo. Yeah, it's awesome how they do it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, when he first looks at the photo, you don't see the well lady, and I'm yeah, almost, yeah. I was almost disappointed. I, was like, I know oh. you literally were like, "Oh man, I wish I would have done that." And then like two like two shots later, yep, it happened. We, we see Dodge like in the well, like, "Oh yep. shit!" Yeah, it's awesome. And like, uh. Well, uh, Keyhouse itself looks very, very good. Like, it looks spot on out of the comics. Like, a, it's oh, old, yeah. like, Victorian-era house. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, And uh, the the casting and the acting, um, I all really like, too. Like, the... I'm always nervous when it comes to kid actors. Same, yeah. Uh, I, th- I mean, I, ever since Game of Thrones, I have a little more faith because yeah. I've started to see better child actors. There's definitely some out there. Um, because the kid who plays Bodie is amazing. Awesome. He's great amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's one of maybe one of the best actors in this show. Yeah, he's shy, <laughs> it's man. Great. He was great. Um, the person who played. Uh, we got to call him out. Oh, we do. Jackson Robert Scott. Yeah. There you go. Uh, great job. <laughs> like that, he's got Bodie down to a T. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, like, all, all the acting's very good. Um, some of the characters are a little bit different, uh, but then you, we find out later, like, it, it is. Like, I, Nina is a little bit less of a mess in, in the show. At least yeah, starts out that yeah, way. Yeah, she starts out actually as, like, a, a in recovery alcohol. I kind of like that take. Where, yeah, yeah, I do too. Because then it adds that tension of, like, what's it going to take for this to break? You exactly, know what I mean? yeah. Um, because, like, she's, like, she, even after the murder of Rendell, like, she still has the strength to be like, no, I'm still, like, a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, because so, like, in one of the first sequences, when they first move in, uh, we get introduced to Ellie. Yeah, and uh, and it, it's weird. They have heard for some reason. Um, we didn't talk about him in this. She's issue, like the but caretaker of the house. Yeah, Rufus like is a lawns keeper, and then she. I think it's just to get them involved sooner. In yeah, the plot. exactly. But Ellie comes in and she brings uh, Nina like a bottle of gin or some kind of liquor. Yeah, they're not just knowing hang out. that she's like a, a right. not knowing that. But she's that's her sober. introduction to the, yeah. the fact. Yeah, but and so Nina's just like it's okay. Like I like having some around for guests when they come over. So yeah. like it's all. But it seems but like that, she's that, cool that, with that's it. That's also like a tension building moment too, because you're like it's in the house. Yeah, exactly. You got some in the house now. Right, it's right. there. Um, and so, yeah, but like you said, Ellie is introduced to this really early, but yep. I, I like that, that they introduced her early because in, in the book, it's kind of thrown out there. You're like, who is this person? Okay. I'll learn. Exactly. But in this, it's like, she's going to be the person who gives us these little hints yep. as and to you, what Rendell was like. Yeah. You find out right away that she was part of Rendell's like core friend group back in the day. Yeah. And she even drops a bombshell that Nina didn't even know. Like, yeah, you didn't hear like when your dad lived out here, like we were all like, we were, uh. Uh, thick as thieves like yeah. this group of six friends it was like your losers club it was like your kind of yep. like it was like their gang back in high school right it was the, the yeah the breakfast club yeah <laughs> and so yeah she drops a bombshell that like three of their best friends I think from it was that, two 
Yeah. No, there was three. Was it three? Yeah. Oh, three counting Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So that yeah. And so it's like a big tragedy in Rendell's life, and Nina's like, "How did I never know about yeah, this? Never, like, ne- that's never mentioned like it. That's probably like the biggest event of his childhood, and I've never heard of it. Oh yeah. And then uh, you know, we just kind of get like a cryptic response, like, "Well, it was probably just too tragic to talk about. Like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I lost the love of my life that day. Yep. And so we we just get little hints about that, and she even drops the name Luke, which doesn't mean anything to us now, but exactly. Later, yeah. Um, who Luke it turns out is was Rendell's best friend from back in the day, right? So yeah, you'd think uh, Rendell would have mentioned to his wife that his best friend like drowned in a horrific accident when he was think. a teenager. Um, one change that from the show too is like during this whole time because we meet Duncan as well. Duncan yep. is uh, he actually played yeah. by the same actor who plays Iceman? Yep. in uh, X Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, what's his name? Aaron Ashmore. Yeah, so yeah. you'll recognize him if you've seen the X Men movies. Yeah. Um, he pretty much just looks the same, except just like a little bit older. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, he aged well. And uh, so he's kind of just like kind of introducing the family to the house to show him around. He's like su- a super friendly uncle in this. I like him. Oh yeah. Uh, but he is he's got like, those classic uncle jokes, right? But when he's asked about like events from his past, he has like nothing. Like, yeah, he like just gets like a confounded look on his right. face, like it, the gears just aren't turning. And he even mentions the Nina, Nina, like I don't like this because like I I don't have memories and it just bothers me to think about it. Yeah, it's like I can't explain why I don't, but I did just I don't know. Right. And the actually, like I said, the order that they find the keys is very flipped in this. Yep. Because the first key that he finds is, is actually anywhere key. Is the anywhere key. Yeah. So right away you're like, oh shit. Yep. Because <laughs> in the comics, Bodie never even uses the anywhere key. No, he like we said, he just gives it straight to Dodge. Yep. F- gets out of Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But then, so he's fucking around with the. Yeah, hey, I don't key. know if we explicitly mentioned that, but the well lady, her name is Dodge. Well, we wouldn't know that from the book. We would only know it from the show. Oh yeah, in the yeah, show they true. tell us that. Oh, a lot that's sooner. true. Yeah, you don't find out until like way later. Yeah, she's only the well lady in, yeah. in Welcome to Lovecraft. True. Um. Oh, wait, that's one thing I didn't mention either. They changed the name of the town in this. Uh, it's not Lovecraft. It's oh Ma- yeah, Madison. Yeah, Matheson. Matheson. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I it's mean, fine. Lovecraft is maybe too on the nose. It's a little on the nose. Plus, I, I mean, Love, Lovecraft himself was kind of like a human piece of shit. So it, it's like you can, you can get. I'm not gonna feel bad about that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not crying over it. Right. So I mean, Matheson is fine. Yeah. Uh, so he, the first key he finds is the anywhere key, and <laughs> the way he uses it is hilarious because. Uh, the he, he's met the well lady at this point. It was uh, very reminiscent of what we saw in almost shot for shot. Almost shot for shot. Yep. Where it's like, I'm your echo. Hello, yep. Bodie. Yep. And like, she, although she tells him like, go find these keys, and he's curious enough where he's just gonna go find them. Like, she tells him about the anywhere key. Yeah, he, she's even, like even there about are, the identity changing key. Yeah, which like is, there are keys in the, everywhere in the house. Like, like go find it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And she dro- she drops the bombshell too. Like your dad used to love the keys, which is what's driving him on. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. It, it, well, she. Uh, definitely mentions, but the uh, mechanic in the show that's different from the books is that the keys like basically call out to the kids. Yeah, in the books they always. I mean, like, that maybe is something that maybe could be inferred in the yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Like, because in the books they always find it by accident. Yeah. But maybe I guess you could be like, well, are they finding it by accident? Or yeah, are yeah, they being it's... led to it and thinking they're finding it exact by accident? Exact synchronicity. Yeah. But in this, but yeah, it's in more show, like they hear. They the literally key. like whisper to them. But. Knowing what I know about the background of the keys and everything, I think that makes a lot of sense. It almost makes it all creepier, and I like it. So we'll we'll get to that okay. when we get to the origins gotcha. of the keys. Which, okay. Because you, you, even as far as you've I don't it, know. Yeah, but I, I have an idea of what it could be. Yeah, but it, it's it's really cool that the idea that the keys themselves are calling out to them. I like that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the way he uses the Anywhere key now that he knows how it works is hilarious because the first place he goes to is an ice cream shop. <laughs> right. And uh, he, he goes in there and he like, the person running the ice It's a friend of Kinsey's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the school. Yeah, because they Scott, they, who's actually from the comics too, we we meet later. Yeah, they changed the characters of Scott and uh, Jamal and Jamal a little bit. 
They basically um, just flipped them. Yeah, but I like it because it, I feel like it almost, they updated the, the nerd uh, like trope a little bit. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and not Cause, only- Because in the books, they're kind of more like punk- like oh yeah more like much. yeah yeah more like just like kind of like uh not emo but just like alternative yeah, like, kids. like high school like metal punk emo yeah, yeah, kind of yeah exactly that, in, yeah. That, in that general sphere yeah um but in this they're they're like they're kind of just like film school nerds yeah exactly. so I, I like that immediately no I, that's me i know i love that i love that angle <laughs> it's, it's me awesome. look it's me yeah like they're straight up and it's awesome they do a cool callback where they're like they're big tom savini fans oh i love and that and then in the second episode Bodie goes to a shop and tom savini's like literally the worker the cameo, there. yeah yep. as the key guy he's like i know everything about keys <laughs> yeah like, I, i'm i'm mr horror <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so, so awesome yeah i love that because like yeah these guys are like fil- film and horror nerds yeah yeah so like uh they invite kinsey like over to like watch horror movies yep. which is maybe a mistake bad idea yeah yeah <laughs> for a girl who just went through uh watching her dad get killed yeah and they and that, the way that making them horror fans is a great way to tie all this into it be- is because not and like i almost think it's it's like a clever way to write it from experience too like a, oh yeah like a, if you're a writer for this show i imagine you're not only a filmmaker but a fan of horror stuff. oh yeah so this is like them writing from the heart too yeah great like we get a lot of like cool references and like the way that it would all look if you were filming a high school horror movie oh yeah definitely um and so we get a lot of comparisons like that like she has a kinsey has a really good scene where she storms out of watching the movie and then like scott comes after her like oh i'm really sorry this was a terrible idea yep and uh and she's like like not all last girls like uh because that uh scott's explaining the concept of the horror movie last girl yeah yeah which for people who don't know what it is it's a classic slasher trope where the last person left alive is going to be um, a girl of virtue, essentially. Yep. The old trope is that it's always the virgin left alive who escapes with her life. Yep. And it's all the sinful kids who get murdered. Like yeah. that, That's the trope of every slasher, Halloween, exactly. Friday the 13th, everything. Yeah. Anyone, who, anyone who has sex in a horror movie is dying. Yeah, you're dead. Like, <laughs> you're dead. The, the whole movie Scream is all about the last girl. It's yeah, great, it's, exactly. It's, I highly recommend Scream. It's oh, a I love great it. movie. Classic. Yeah, so, I mean, so the, that's always been the trope is the last girl gets left alive and that's like the one of virtue. So and that, while they're watching this movie scott's like uh, mansplaining that trope to her yeah yeah <laughs> and so he's like yeah the last girl is always the last one it's and she gets by by being and standing up to her fears and attacking the killer and getting away with her life yep and so this is like offensive to her because she's like like I, like when sam was attacking she grabbed bodie and like hid like, yeah under the but table she, and she's like i could have done something right and she's like not all last girls are like brave heroes like sometimes you just survive like sometimes you're just holding on like whatever you can and yeah he, and he's like oh I'm, i've made this way too real like i fucked this up <laughs> yeah big oof yeah and so back to what we were saying earlier uh so this scott is working as he works at like an ice cream parlor yep so this is the now that bodie has the anywhere key like that's the first place he goes which i yeah. thought was hilarious it's a, it's a decent idea Except I feel like Scott should have seen like he should some red flags should have gone off if Bo, like a kid randomly walks into your ice cream shop out of nowhere. Right. And he's like, one ice cream, please. <laughs> it's like, uh, where are your parents or anything? And Bodie's like, uh, they're right around the corner, they're coming. And yeah. he's like, All right, whatever. Whatever. Like, here's your ice cream, and then Bodie fucks off and yeah. uses the anywhere key to leave. <laughs> you think he would have saw through the door a little. Yeah. I but... mean at first I was thinking maybe he doesn't see magic, but later on we'll see like yeah. Kenzie shows him the keys. Yeah. So like he, he's just oblivious. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but it's it's cool too. Like we, uh, he tries to show Kinsey where the anywhere key goes, but it doesn't work because yeah, she, yeah. She tells she him picks that, the one place that wouldn't have worked. Yeah, top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, there's no doors. Yeah, there's no doors. It's only gonna work at a place where there's literally a door with a lock hole too. And it, yeah, and. I don't know if we want to talk about it, but it turned. You have to like have seen it or like been there. Yeah, not necessarily been there, but seen a picture of it's it. It's Nightcrawler rules. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like Nightcrawler can only teleport there if he knows of it, what yep. it looks like, or he can see it with his own eyes. Gotcha. Um, because uh, 
Well, with Nightcrawler, he's more worried about teleporting inside of a wall. Yeah, yeah. That may, maybe that's an anywhere key thing, too. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe if you don't visualize it right in your head, you'll go into another dimension or some shit. I don't or, know. Or get, like, a broken door or something. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it only works on doors with keyholes. Like, there's even yep. there's parts later where we'll find where they try to use it on other, do- other doors in a hurry. And they yeah, can't. they'll, like, jam the key. They're like, why do no doors go. have keyholes anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Like, imagine these these keys eventually start to become harder and harder to use exactly. because nobody uses keys like that anymore. Yeah, you're not getting into hotel. Right, you're not getting into, like, a, a smart lock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting into Google HQ. Right. <laughs> um, but I really like the way that, uh, you know, the changes that they made for these opening, because I think that the whole horror movie setup works really well in tandem. Yeah. Because, like, Kinsey, like, uh, kind of volunteers to be the star of a horror movie, just yeah. tra- kind of trying to just make friends and kind of be like, no, I'm cool. Like, it, I can do whatever. Like, yeah, like, I'm not a weirdo. I can handle, yeah, like, like, Don't treat stuff. me like damaged goods. I want to be part of the gang. Yeah, know? like, I'm not fragile. But then, like, you know, this is a horror, like, a classic <laughs> Yeah, they horror literally, movie, so. literally have her sitting next to a mannequin that gets his head cut off by a lobster and then doused with blood and of course, that uh, brings back bad memories. Yeah, it's very bad. Well, especially, too, because the way that the murder takes place in the show is, like, yeah. all the... There's all this stuff up for Nina's art, like, all these, like, plastic panels. Yeah, it's like tarps for... Almost, almost like a Dexter Kill Room, sort Exactly, of. yeah. Yeah, and so they have all this up in when they're filming because they're going to do all this blood splatter stuff. Yeah. So it's all the, that shit on the walls that's reminding her of that yep. day. It's, like, a subtle just, trigger yeah, for her. Yeah, it's just the worst setup. Yeah, it, it could not be worse. God. Um, but like we said too, like one thing that's interesting is the way they reorder the keys because nobody finds the ghost story. The ghost, the ghost key is actually much later in this season. Like yeah. we'll t- probably talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, but the key they find next is actually the head key. Yep. Like they find the head key very soon. Yeah, I had to like speed ahead when I was reading and watching the show because I had like finished the first volume. I was like, I'm good to watch the first couple episodes. It's like, right. oh shit, never mind. Now, what is this? <laughs> um, so I guess for those uh, we haven't introduced it yet, but what the head key does is you can literally turn a key. It puts a it puts puts a keyhole in the back of your neck which sometimes i gotta say grosses me that's some parts of the show that gross me out the most are like the, the just the noise when like the keyhole forms in their skin yep when just someone like, when someone and when someone puts the key in their head and turns i know it, like yeah like, like snaps click. oh god you just imagine like their spine clicking i know click. it's <laughs> such a gross visual um but yeah so the head key actually allows someone to like it, what it does is it creates a visual representation of a door yep in bodhi's case it's like a, a chest of toys yeah it's awesome uh, that you can literally walk into and then you're like in a visual representation of your head. Yep. It's almost like maybe like in Legion or like the Inception. X-Men. Yeah, or the or Inception. Yep. Where you're walking through a visual representation. Like you'll walk through like the memory hall- hallway and like yeah, you yeah. can see all your memories. Or in Bodhi's in Bodhi's case, it's a bunch of like It's know, like a carnival circus. Yeah, with a bunch of like video games and cartoon yeah, characters. Flashing lights. Yeah. And then like um Kinsey's ends up being like a super like well organized just like uh hall and like museum and like, it's like a shopping like, yeah, like a strip ball, like yeah. super well organized. So it, it's all going to be personalized for like what your head. Like, yeah, it's is a cool like. thing to think about. Whereas, like, if you had to map out what the inside of your consciousness looked like, like what would it look like? Right, and what would be in there? Yeah. And the cool thing about the head key is not only can you explore your head and see all those things, like even stuff you've maybe suppressed. Yep. Um, but you can also take things take in things and out. out and put things in. Yep. Like we at one point, uh, Tyler's trying to like impress this girl at school. He's trying to pass a test. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that's in the book. In in the, oh, yeah, in the, the show, show, he's yeah. trying to impress this uh, like nerdy girl at school by like all these books he's read. Yep. And so he's like, I'm going to be a Jane Austen expert. Yeah. Like, yeah, she ends up lo- loving like uh, the UK and London and all that. So he starts learning like a bunch of history facts about <laughs> England. And like, he's talking to her. It's like, oh, did you know England was founded in, in 1286? <laughs> She's like, uh, no, uh, I didn't. Cool, dude. Yeah, you're a fucking nerd, <laughs> but okay. Anything about the Ramones? Anything? <laughs> 
It's like, uh, like these, these are completely out of context. But thanks, <laughs> thanks for the, the facts. Have you ever been on Jeopardy? <laughs> um, so, yeah, but not only, and then also, like you said, you can take things out too. Yep. So, what Kinsey does, and we'll see this in the comic next week when we talk about it too, there's uh, in her head a visual representation of her fear. Yeah. Which is like, it kind of looks like her, but like a monster. It's you like know? a possessed demon of her. Right. Yeah. And it like always is crazy scratching with these giant claws. Yeah. It almost kind of reminds me of uh, Black Annie and Doom Patrol. Yep. Where it's like a, an evil rep- like thing that looks like her. Yeah, and, like, exactly. Just go feral. Yep. And uh, so Kinsey gets the idea, like, I'm literally just going to take this thing out of my head and bury it. Yep. And so she does. and like, Which is brilliant, but also feel like it could be a very bad idea, well, which that does end up being. That's part of what we'll learn is, yeah. like, sometimes, like, fear isn't all bad. Like, part of it is sort of survival instinct. Yeah, exactly. Fear is what helped us survive, like, through yeah. evolution. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, too much fear will hold you back, but not enough fear will get you fucking killed. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of where her whole whole lesson is going to go here, because yep. it makes her fear. It's like she has a lot more confidence. She, like, dyes her hair. Like yeah. a, a funky color, so she's, she's like, like, "What steps out as the bad bitch?" Right, exactly. So, she's not afraid to just like be yourself and like do whatever. She Got her groove. She, she doesn't care what anyone thinks. Essentially, yep. Which is mostly good, but in some cases also bad, as we'll find out later. Oh yeah, because she's not afraid of like hurting other people either. Yeah, exactly. A lot like selfishly, a lot of the reason people like don't like to hurt other people is because it, it puts you in a bad spot too. Like part of that is fear. Exactly. Like what will people like do or think of me if I am this person? Yeah. But without that fear, she's just like, "Fuck it, I'll do whatever the fuck I want." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like party in the USA. Yeah, it gets bad. Yeah. So I, I think that's like a really, and what we're getting, and this is stuff we'll talk about more next week, but the head key allows for like a lot of like, that's where I, this starts to get like really interesting for me because now we're getting into like this symbolically kind of like meaty kind of stuff that I like. Exactly. And like, and this comic, just the whole concept of the keys, there's so many like what ifs you can ask with like mm-hmm. how these powers work. Yep. Like, cause, and especially with the, the head key and the anywhere key, like just the different combinations or different things you could possibly do were right. like endless. Yeah, I think the head key is one of the most interesting. That's, oh, that's yeah. I think that's why that's the one we always see the most. Oh, definitely, yeah. Just the, you can do so many things with taking something out or putting something in a head. Exactly. Or having a visual representation of it because it's just such a good way to deliver a scene. Yeah. Like have you go through and like, this is my memory and pull it out and just like, not only are you getting a flashback, but it's like part of the ongoing. It's not even a flashback. It's like something that's ongoing. Exactly. And a it, different way to tell the story. And it's a really good way to really uh, add like descriptions and like context to your characters too because you literally get to see inside that character's head right so so yeah so i I really like the way they did that i mean visually i don't i don't know if i like the way they did it visually as much as the comic i think the comic looks the head key looks a little bit cooler visually but at the same time i is in in the comic we didn't really describe it well we could yeah we didn't it didn't happen yet but in the comic i'll just briefly say it when you use the head key literally the top of your head comes off yeah like magic yeah and uh you can like just look inside your own head and other people see you with the top of your head off like a freak you know like hello it's very uh frightening if you don't know what's happening right (laughs) um and so like it's kind of cool because you can literally like you see the characters literally look inside their head and see what's in there cool shots yeah right but in this it's more of like a door shows up like doctor who and then you walk through it yeah and like in a big difference is like in the show kinsey's fear is like it's her size it's to scale but in the book it's like a little mini figurine kind of deal it's like like a little little bottle yeah yeah. toss in the coke bottle same concept though you're just locking it away you're burying it exactly same kind of deal it's just different representation yeah different visually yeah um but that's i mean that's would have been a really hard thing to adapt on tv definitely yeah i don't know how you could have done that and the way they do it in the show it actually ends up being used as like a bigger plot point too yeah. like down the line so also they, they just, and, and it happens in the comics as well but just in different ways yeah. but they're both interesting so I mean I don't know if I like the the way that the head key looks as much in the show but at the same time it's like you gotta adapt it somehow 
I feel like if yeah, the, I feel like if you have to change how it is, they did it a good way. Well, yeah, that's just a compliment to Gabriel Rodriguez. Exactly. Yeah, because Gabriel Rodriguez was able to show us something that you could only do in a comic. Exactly. Book. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is really good. Yep. Um, we'll be talking about the uh, the show more next week as well, so we can break oh, into yeah. more of these like middle episodes where we get into more of the other keys, like the ghost key. We'll finally see. Yep. And uh, when Dodge gets free, like uh, we'll see. We'll even see the music box key. I was gonna say. Early. Um. Well, actually, I think. Because uh, uh, is uh, the book four is that the music box key that's on yes. the cover? Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, because so, the music box key gets introduced very early. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things get reordered and kind of reworked, and a lot, most of the changes they make, I, I like. I, they fit really well with the pacing that the show's going for. Definitely. Yeah. Because because they moved back the Sam Lesser attack to to much later. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because I, I think we'll talk about that more next week, but Sam Lesser won't won't escape until like mid season. Yep. Because it's setting up for like a kind of more penultimate kind of setup. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But we'll get into more of that next week and then we'll be talking about uh the actual head keys volume of the comic too yep um so yeah so definitely join us then again if i just want to call out here at the end if you do want to follow us on twitter at agents of podcast that's where you can see all of our stuff that we're reading live um so as i'm even while i was reading this i was posting pictures of some of the panels we talked yeah. about so if you want to see some of those creepy panels we talked about at the beginning of this it'll i have like posts of it on twitter you can see images of it oh yeah if you didn't read the book yourself which some people don't yeah uh, when they're listening to, not everyone it catches up on it as we're reading so some people just kind of use us as our as the aid to yeah Exactly. What the fuck happened in this comic? Yeah. Tell, tell me, please. Got to catch up. <laughs> uh, so, so that'll be that'll be where we leave this. Uh, if you find any weird uh, keys around your house, be very careful with them. If you find one that has a skull on it, it's probably bad news. Yeah, probably not the best thing to find. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna use the end the podcast key right now. We're gonna plug this into my computer. Yeah, hopefully not into my body anywhere. <laughs> <laughs>